Hey everyone, welcome back to the producers. Uh, this week, Dashiell Kirk, a local artist, teacher. He does some he does some improv. Um, I've occasionally seen him do some shows, and he's always super funny. Uh, just just another great guy. Um, I've been really lucky to have some really great people on, and he continues the trend, and if not, raises the bar a little bit. Um, yeah, so I don't want to take too long. Uh, quick shout out to the VMFA. We talk a lot about uh, the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts in this episode, and they're really great at what they do. So if you're in the area or ever visiting or whatever to Richmond, uh, check it out. Um, as far as Dashiell's plugs, he has his uh, Instagram. He decided to pass along, so that is uh, Dashiell Kirk. Um, the spelling, the correct spelling, is in the description for this episode, and will be in the posts from. Uh, the producers, or producers cast at, at producer, <laughs> Jesus, at producers cast on Twitter, at producers cast on Instagram, uh, whatever your preferred social media is, uh, producerscast.com and producerscast at gmail.com. Email the show, anything you want to get in touch. Um, I've gotten still no emails, still no emails. Um, sh- shows to plug for me, um, the 5th of September, we have our class showcase. It's going to be really fun. Um... Come check it out if you're in the area. Uh, on the 14th, Matthew and I are doing a set on the lab. Just a small thing and really just to kind of give me a feeling of plugging some shows. And then the 21st is the Coalition's Jambalaya. And I will definitely be on stage for that. Um, and you should be too. Um, check it out. That's that's all plugs. I got nothing left. So let's get into the episode. Play that funky music, Tom! Walks further down the street Bring pull way down low Ain't no sound but the sound of a speed Machine guns ready to go Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Headphones, you can wear them. All they do is put your own voice back in your head, and they're not really, not very loud. Okay. Do you? So. What do you recommend? I've never done this. <laughs> um, I'd say try it out. I okay. mean, some people. I don't have the best setup. I don't have like all the like super intense doohickeys that kind of give you that. But um, if you like it. Okay. Is it on? Mm-hmm. You don't hear anything, do you? No. Oh, wait, now I do. <laughs> you're here because you're closer, okay. yeah. But th- that's set up so you can sit comfortably and it gets, like, the perfect level, so. Okay, cool. I think I'll do it without it. Probably. <clears throat> How do you pronounce your name? Uh, Dashiell. Dashiell. I was thinking that or Dashiell, because the I. Well, uh, Dashiell is how it is traditionally pronounced. Where's that from? Uh, it's a French name, mm-hmm. so, um... Working back, I'm named after Dashiell Hammett, who's a mystery writer, detective. He basically invented, like, the, no, like, hard-boiled detective, that kind of genre. Yeah. Um, he wrote The Maltese Falcon, which was a movie that came out with Humphrey Bogart. Um, and he was the first person to be named Dashiell. Before that is his mother's maiden name, then... 
with the tradition of their family, your firstborn born son would take your maiden name. Ooh, so. I didn't know. That's so that's super interesting. I already learned something. Well, and he was part of a, of a French lineage. That, I know, is a Spanish tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can trace their family, actually, from California, which is where he lived and grew up, um, to Maryland, then to Virginia. And you can see some dashels around Richmond. Um, and then before that, Scotland, and then France. It's a very direct lineage, and... It was originally spelled D-A space capital S-H, and I don't remember how you spell the rest, but it was... <laughs> I like to think you're like, I don't even know how to spell my own name. <laughs> no, but it, it looked more like how it's actually pronounced. Yeah, so. that, that's you. Mm-hmm. That's my best Scottish accent off, off the top. Yeah, so... That's, that's cool. Like, I mean, how much work did you have to put in to like, learn about your lineage? Um, I've... It's kind of been... A, a big deal in your family? No, I mean, in, not so much with my name. I've just learned that out over the years, and I have no relation to him. My parents are just a fan of his his writing. Uh, I have have some relatives who are pretty into genealogy and have done the research, so I'm definitely a mutt of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more fun for me to, like, really believe that, like, you're a direct ancestor of... Oh, that'd be Mr. Awesome. Mystery. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I, strangely enough, I actually grew up where he's buried, which is in Arlington Cemetery. I'm telling you something. There's something there. Yeah, it's it's weird. I've definitely. Um, I mean, I think it's just if you keep your eyes open, you'll notice stuff. But uh, I, lo- I love I love speaking to that idea because so many times, like, there are just so many things that do happen like that, and you kind of just want to like you want to assign meaning to it, but. Well, it's just there. You just have to be looking for it. You're you're a very calm person. Yeah, I have to be. I. I. Well, I think I've always been calm. Mm-hmm. So, that has probably made me gravitate towards things where it's better to be calm. I well, I think it's good to be calm in any sure, situation. Sure, sure. Uh, but I work with kids a lot, so you kind of have to be. Mr. Zen or Mrs. Zen and are you a teacher? Uh, so I used to be a substitute teacher um, I've done a lot of after school programs with kids used to be a nanny currently I am teaching art classes but specifically comic books to children Ooh, so comics and cartooning when I was a kid? I, ha- I actually was in a comic book class when I was a kid and I gave our teacher such trouble, me and another friend of mine, we just drew, like, the goriest, oh, most geez. awful stuff, things getting, like, decapitated. How old are you? This was in middle school, so this is, like, kind of the, the age that I'm teaching right now, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I think I'm kind of reaping what I sowed. Yeah, decapitations and whatnot? Yeah, I... I I haven't got anything that bad. And maybe I'm terrible because whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know my teacher way back when was not too jazzed about it. That's really funny. Is that, is that when you started doing art? Um, I've been doing... So I've been, I've been doing art since I was... As long as I can remember. So some, um, some more about my background. Both my parents are painters. Um, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it's 
it's interesting. Like, I grew up hanging out in the studio, watching them paint. Um, art was always something we'd do, whether it be sculpture or drawing, painting. So it's something I've always been around. It's just, I mean, it's just part of me in a very, in a very deep way. So That's, neither of my parents were artists, mm-hmm. in, or really any kind of creative type. My mom doesn't really do anything creative, and then my dad didn't either. Mm-hmm. So like hearing that, that just sounds like magical. Like, it's well, you're not the only person to say that, and I mean, just growing up, I had a lot of friends who were jazzed on it. Um, but she was normal, right? Oh, it's normal, mundane. It's like, oh yeah, parents are painters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they studied painting in school, and then um, for profession, my mom is a high school art teacher right now, but she's she's taught through every grade level. And then my dad is um, a collections manager at a museum up in D.C. So. Mm-hmm. Both jobs really interesting, fascinating, yeah. and they still paint and work on art aside aside from that all the time. But um, yeah, that I mean, just that that sounds like the best place to start when you were a kid. I've been fascinated with the idea of <clears throat> how much like your parents influence you to do different things. Yeah. The first question I guess I have is like, did your parents? I don't think they did. This is just my my, my prediction. Did they push you to be an artist? Or... I was definitely always encouraged to, you know, move in that direction. I think I was hyper-conscious of the fact that they were artists, and I was encouraged to do that, mm-hmm. and I think good at it, part, partially just because you grow up around that environment and you're doing it all the time, you're going to develop skill in it. Um... So, I don't know. It's been interesting. I I definitely wasn't into doing that all the time. I mean, I've always enjoyed doing it. I Usually, if I'm bored, I'd start just doodling or drawing, um, which I think everybody does to some extent. Yeah, I've already doodled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, just to kind of... I don't, I, don't, I don't... So, like, you were encouraged to draw. I mean, obviously, there's going to be... I'll just use, like, there's art supplies everywhere. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like having a parent-child relationship, they're going to want to show you things that they like. And oh, like, kind of jump on if you do, and I'm sure that you did. And, you know, they both like whatever kind of art they like. Well, and I think, you know, in addition to both of them being painters, also my dad working in a museum, we'd go to museums all the time. I mean, I've been going to our museum since I was young. So I definitely think on some level when you're going, especially in D.C., which has wonderful art museums, mm-hmm. and Richmond does too, but um, you're exposed to a lot, and whether or not, you know, I'm not writing papers on it mm-hmm. or anything like that, but I'm still there absorbing what I'm seeing. Um, and, of course, I was encouraged to take art classes, you know, beyond just what I was doing. Um, and, I mean, we would just talk art art in our house, whether it be, like, subtle or, uh, it wouldn't always be about paintings. I mean, I, I really like comics and stuff like that, so does my dad, um, I can remember reading R. Crumb 
really super young, which is maybe not <laughs> the I best. I don't know what that comic is. Uh, well, Arkham is he is a author and illustrator um, of comics. Um, a lot of his stuff is pretty X-rated, uh, like for all for all reasons. Yeah, like capital X-rated. <laughs> uh, but it's funny, like even being a kid when I was young and seeing that, it's I think still on some level I had the maturity to look at it and at least discern like, okay, what is like he's saying? What is like weird? He has like a lot of really just strange themes throughout and I'm sure I didn't read some of his really dark weird mm-hmm. stuff but um, and there also is something to the innocence and like the maturity of being at that age and saying I'm, I can remember ingesting certain media and saying like uh, this isn't really for me yet I don't I won't understand the full scope of this and just kind of glossing over it yeah exactly and for me like um, I probably was just like looking through drawings and he has really intense pen and line work so I know that's why I was drawn to his stuff because I mean as far as like someone who draws in pen and ink he's like a, he's a master mm-hmm. you know um, but him, him aside I mean my exposure to comics was a lot more than that I mean when I was a kid I read a lot of Tintin I grew up on that um, which was I don't know if you're familiar. No, it was. Sorry, no. A, I can't remember when it was out. Maybe in the '30s. Maybe no, it would have been a little later. Um, just sort of adventure stories. It's what inspired like Indiana Jones, um, sp- specifically the, this comic, which was a series of this like boy journalist who would, like, I don't know, be in you know, going into ruins and stuff like that, so. Interesting. That's, that sounds like a super cool, like, having all, like, again, like, I, I didn't have any kind of artistic, I took an art class, and I remember, I remember I did make a comic, I talked about it on the mm-hmm. last episode, like, I made a four, four, uh, four issue series, and I had planned, because I'm, I'm a big planner, I mm-hmm. had planned to distribute it, like, copy it and distribute it. Oh, cool. It never went anywhere, but, like, it was, uh, it was, I remember making it, and, like, having pages and, like, numbers and, like, it was just a lot of fun. So <clears throat> that was the only exposure I ever had to comics. And when, when was that? Um, I think I was in, like, fifth grade. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I had just decided to draw one day, and I got inspired and, and, and ran with it. And it was, like I said, it was super fun. I, I remember it very fondly, although I'm sure I'll look back and say, like, oh, this is... But the, but the, fun, the fun was creating something and, like, oh, absolutely. having that. Um, but it sounds like you have just like a lot of inspiration all around you just by just like just casually and for, for you I, like you said it's a little more mundane which is totally understandable but for someone like me um, I guess I, I have to give you a little background I I spent the better part of the last 10 years mainly focusing on like school work and like trying to I move around a lot, so I'm trying to build any kind of social network, and typically I would focus more on relationships. I'd get into a relationship and use that as kind of a base level to, like, mm-hmm. at least I'm not alone. And so I didn't spend a lot of time cultivating certain habits. Like, I play guitar, and I've played since junior year of high school, and I played occasionally, but, like, I never sat down for, like, a month and played every day for three hours a day and, like, put in the time to be good at something. Mm-hmm. So, I, and <clears throat> so I went through this breakup recently, right, before I started the show, was what caused me to start the show, was I was just, like, 
why am I not doing the things I want to do? Mm-hmm. Comedy, music, this podcast, and I signed up for improv. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm now just coming into like a really creative place because I think I'm a I think I'm a creative person. It's just like I didn't have that. Well, everyone you know, is exactly, but I didn't I didn't I didn't tap into it. I guess until couple months ago like seriously like say I'm going to write jokes like there's jokes on this pad and like stuff like that well and creativity is like really just a way of thinking so I think it's I mean it's happened to me it's really easy to get into a way of being where you're not being creative or not Mm -hmm. using that thought process and I think it yeah it can be situational I mean since I, I guess I'd more say I didn't work on producing any kind of art or product or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's more... Because, I mean, yeah, I'm creative, and I'll do things that are not creative, like, oh, well, how should I organize my room, or how should I solve this other problem in my life? So I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I've always, I've always been happy with being creative, but I think more I'm talking about is, like, making something some kind you, of art. Something that you can... That reflects back onto you, like, something yeah. that is solid. And something that you would produce. And the name of the show is actually The Producers. I like oh. to talk to people who produce things. Cool. Right yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's, where I, that's where I'm coming from when I say, like, wow, you had all this inspiration and all this, all this stuff to go off of as a kid, and I just, I so didn't. And so, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm jealous. I'm just, like, to me, it's, it's I just, I, and another reason why I do the show is I like to learn about other people's backgrounds and, like, really get and you'd be surprised that people sit in that chair and then they go like well I'm open to telling anything that comes up and so like I get the unfiltered version as far as I know and if there's filters who cares because I get the I get the I get the story and it's just like it inspires me and how I think and it kind of conforms my ideas and then I get to like share my bit and it's just it's just fun so like again coming hearing you say like oh I had this legendary comic series not this really good artist his his production in my hand as a as a as a youngin, and just and just being inspired by line work and stuff like that. To me, yeah. it's just like wow. Well, and that that definitely was, I think, very important. Um, and you know, he's just like one of many examples. Mm-hmm. Just my parents both being artists. We have they probably are hoarders for art books. So. Oh, no, no, no. I think that, uh, that, that that's appropriate. Probably. I'm definitely to some extent as well. And uh, it's... You know, it's difficult because I don't want to like go on a huge diatribe or anything, but I think a deep part of at least our culture, American culture, is doesn't really promote artistic or creative thinking. I would I would give you the green light to get as deep into that as you okay. want to. I and I I just hope that I can I can keep up. I mean I just it's almost hard to describe. It's part you know, it's part creative thinking, it's part just aesthetics, um, people people devaluing art in general. I think it's the way the the first thought that came into my mind is like, I have a bachelor of arts degree, mm-hmm. and that's de- that's less valuable than a bachelor of science. Just like I get I get it, I get it I get why, but like I still have a, a degree, mm-hmm. and so I figure and I know that's that's really loosely touching on kind of what you're getting to, mm-hmm. but to me that's kind of where I go. It's just like, yeah, it is it is not an important thing, 
and that's why I think I wasn't super influenced as a as a youngin to use that term that I never use again. Just like wanting now, I, I want to create because I like doing things like that, and I had to find it myself. And it wasn't like thrust upon me. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Um, I mean, that's part of it. I I just think that culturally, and it's hard to really like give something that's an example because it's just day in, day out, where you go around, what you experience. I feel like, and part of this would probably go into just me like traveling and bothering to like check out other countries, which I definitely would like to make more, a larger part of my life. But in the time that I have done that, I've always noticed just a higher standard for I think aesthetics in general in terms of like what when you travel yeah in terms mm-hmm. of what's like acceptable in this culture um, things maybe just look nicer it's it's almost as simple as that like oh, these so, so. objects these objects in this place look nicer there's a higher standard for a better quality thing in other countries. In other countries. That's what I've observed. I don't think that's across the board everywhere. Um, it's maybe tied in with um, just like our consumer uh, capitalist culture mm-hmm. in America. Not to <clears throat> use that phrase because I feel like I sound like a douchebag saying it. But uh, um, I think there's a lot that is just kind of cheap and easy in this country and a lot of really a lot of beauty and good quality things don't really exist or don't readily exist as they do that I mean that's maybe going a little further from what I specifically create with my content but I'd say I, I, to, to push your point I'd say the average quality uh, that's yours by the way oh thank you the people people don't usually go for it until I'm like you can um I was thinking, I'm thirsty, and then I look, and <laughs> there it is. We're trying to get Thank sponsored you. by Smart Water. That'd be awesome. That'd be really awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, I'd say the average quality in other countries is probably higher than it is here, for sure. And it's, yeah, it's just an <clears throat> average, and it's subtle. And, of course, that's not every country, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Any country on par with us, I'd say. Yeah, and I think it's also just, maybe it's just people I've talked to, there's a general less appreciation for art or not too much of an investigation into it. But again, that's kind of generalizing. I mean, I know plenty of people that really do appreciate art and go to the museum and check it out. Mm -hmm. People I wouldn't even expect to do that probably do it. Mm-hmm, um, for sure, but again, I would say that anybody who any okay. but it, it's also it comes down to what art. And I don't even know if art's the best term, but like, for one, what are people absorbing? Mm-hmm. What day to day, are do do most people read books? What are the books they read? Are people going to the museum? Not that that is like above TV or anything, because they're great excuse me, there are great TV shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. That is an interesting way to put it. But I just feel like most people listening, and me, just like, we get exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's not a big deal. Like Crocs exist. Like boom, there's your the uh, disappreciation for aesthetics. You know, people like go. I don't know. That, there's so many things I can think of that are just like examples that are just off the mark, just barely. But I just I feel like I definitely understand what you're saying. And you're right. We don't we don't really do things like that. And I feel like that ties in very much to <clears throat> art and stuff like. But I, I, I get what you're saying. I just you, I, I see why you can't find that center point because like, I can't find it either. I mean, and I, I could probably, if I sat and wrote some notes and thought a little more succinctly about it, I could give you a very pointed, like, this is this because of this. But um, I think if I had to boil it down, it would just be, like, aesthetic, aesthetic intelligence is lacking mm-hmm. in this country. And it doesn't really need to me and need to be, and I don't think, I don't think it really needs to be something that is even tied to like certain, um, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's tied to certain groups. This is something across the board that can be just better. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I. Yeah, I th- again, I feel like I I have the feeling of, like, I get it, I'm with you, but I also don't have the poetry of language to, like, expand on it, because, yeah, I'm, like, you trying to find, like, if I had time to, like, make some notes, maybe I could come up with something, but I think we covered that pretty well. Yeah, I don't even know why I started talking about it. Uh, I don't know, but I like tangents. I <laughs> yes. like tangents. Um, don't worry, I will go on many tangents. Good. Well, then I will have to do the host thing and kind of pull it back to a certain thing so we can go off again. Okay. Uh, let's go back to comics. Okay, awesome. Yes, you have a big interest in comics. Uh, let's let, let's focus less on <clears throat> things that influence you and more about what you do. Okay, so, well, specifically what I do, and I, you know, honestly, I don't have a big as comic background as someone who would probably be into comics or would say they do comics like a collector um not a collector but i i mean i have friends who do comics and have probably published more comics and done more have work you published comics i've had one comic published oh that's awesome um but i wouldn't call myself like a comic artist you know i, I mean technically you are. Te- technically i am but that's as far as it goes for you um at least for the moment, I mean... Is, 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 sorry to keep it interesting. It's, it's like, because you don't... Was it... I, when you say that, I say, oh, it's, it's probably because you're not super dedicated to the craft. Of, like, you're not consistently making comics. I'm... When it comes to... Con, yeah. Con, when it comes to the consistency of that, I... I'm just a little bit tentative about jumping in. It's a little hard for me to say why. I've done a lot of comics. I've drawn probably five or so comics that were about as long as the one that I actually did get published, which was around like 40 pages or so. But the other ones didn't really see the light of the day other than just hanging out You didn't submit me. them or anything? No, and I mean, it's I'm not opposed to really, really doing that at some point, but um, I think, and especially looking back on them now, I don't think I would anyway. I'm just a different artist, and when it comes to putting my stuff out there, I don't really want to put out old work that doesn't really represent me. Isn't bad necessarily, but I'd rather, at least right now, and I, 
looking back at this older stuff, it's not even really what interests me. Um, that just sounds like any kind of musician who they make an album and the next album sounds totally different and people are like, we like your old stuff and I'm not that musician anymore. That sounds like the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, and it is. And I think that extends into any medium, really. But um, um, that being said, I am still interested in working on comics or doing something like that in the future. Um, But for me, comics... Not to get in too much to what I'm doing right now versus then, but for me, what I really like about comics is just the storytelling aspect. I like that it is kind of this static medium, and then you're brought to it and you're, you know, kind of, you're brought in to read through these pages and... It's like any storytelling medium. It's it is something that moves through time. It's I don't know. It's just interesting. I also feel like um, have you taken any improv classes or anything? I've taken one hundred and one and two one. So like I feel like also and just so the the idea of storytelling in art to me is very it's a, it's obviously a very strong thing. I just I love talking about it. And so like when you when you, when you open a comic and you read the first panel. Mm-hmm. Are they called panels? Yeah, panels. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm using the correct terminology. <laughs> um, I'm sure I don't even use the correct terminology, but panels is right. So. Panels is right. My, the, the girl I'm seeing now is a graphic designer, and I get c- critiqued on, cri- mm. criticized on my lack of knowledge of the terminology on, on a case-to-case basis. That makes sense with graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, I said <laughs> resolution instead of uh, a different word. Rec- See, that's where I'm lost. I'm, I'd say the wrong thing, too. Yeah. So anyway, so you open the first panel, you read mm-hmm. the first panel, and you're immediately accepting of whatever whatever the world is. And you're just, like, open to reading more. You go to panel to panel, excitedly, yeah. learning more about the story. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, there are so many things that you can do with that, and just, like... I just think comics in general are... Even though I didn't super get into them, I mostly read... Any comic I read was, like, within a, uh, another thing that I was into as a kid. Or, like, Archie comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read it. I've read a ton of Archie. So like, I just remember like just reading fast, like loving that the story was being told, and like, it's like reading, but it's like watching TV, but it's like a little bit of both, and I don't know. It was just storytelling. Storytelling in general is just comics are really good with that. Because I mean, there are lots of art that wants to tell stories and doesn't, like a painting. Like, mm. I'm sure the painter is telling a story, but a lot of people can't get that. Like, I'll even go to, like, the VMFA and, like, try to read and, like... Well, and a lot of paintings that I think are more narrative-based are going to be paintings from a different era, and there's going to be a context of when that painting was made, and a lot... Sometimes those stories aren't just... Just aren't going to translate. I mean, there are a ton of biblical stories. I have, I have no idea what's going on, who this saint is, or really what's happening. Um, but this painting, when it was, you know, when it was done, the culture and society that would have gone and looked at the painting, they would have gotten that. Um, they would have gotten those stories. Um, but you have some newer paintings. Um, I love, Amer- you know, at the VMFA, um, or just if you go and look at American painting from 
turn of the century, or if you look at Impressionism, those are stories of every day, which I really appreciate that because it's a story for just people. Any person can understand this. Like, here's this painting of these seamstresses um, doing their thing. So everyday life becomes this narrative in this work. And that's what I really like about that. Um, there's some... I'd say the same is true for modern art. It's not really a story per se, but there is going to be information that you can more readily understand just by looking at it because, okay, here's a painting where there's not a narrative, but we're just looking at the brushstrokes or these marks and really understanding what this is based on that. And you don't really have to... You don't have to have as much context as if you're looking at a Renaissance painting of who's it and what's it from I'm sure going to a museum with you would be wonderful oh I maybe I don't know <laughs> I go with the, I go with the, the woman I'm seeing and she's um, she's got a lot of information and I think it's mm -hmm. super there was this one painting where she talked for like 15 minutes and I was just like this is really cool and I don't know how you know this oh man I'm glad I'm like you're my guide <laughs> do this um, I don't know if I'd do that but if you knew something, I would I would want you to tell, for sure. Probably. Probably. There was this one. I was in D.C. and I was at one of the probably the the main museum for art. National Gallery, right? Probably. Yeah. And there was this one exhibit. I think it was called the Voyage of Life. I knew that well. Thomas Cole. The four paintings. Yeah. That one. First of all, talk about telling a story, and I don't know why because typically I. I, I, I appreciate art. I'm in front of a painting. I like to look at it. I like to imagine how they went through it. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of move on. But that one, I, st I stood at for like 20 minutes. And I was just like, this is incredible. How you kind of have to stay that long. What's funny is that's a painting that I... Those were a set of four paintings that when I was a kid, I remember vividly mm -hmm. going and seeing. Because, I, well, I grew up... Again, I grew up around there. And... Those have always been where they've been, um, in that room where it's they've kind of... They've always been in that room? Mm -hmm. I thought it was like a special thing. No, they have... I That's always been part of their collection, and um, those they're just breathtaking. Yeah. Um, I, I would have stayed longer, but the person I was with was like, we gotta go, and I'm just like, come on. No. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad that I know that they're there so I can go back. Yeah, they are, they are, they are And I, again... I, I love art. I love I love appreciating art. Maybe just because I feel like people don't do it, so I like to give it the time. And there's like a lot of pictures that I'll go and look at, but these genuinely captivated me. And it's just like anyone to see them. Those paintings are amazing, and I don't know offhand when they were painted, but I looked it up, but I will never remember. Um, you know that is, I mean to me that's amazing because. That is going and looking at something from another era that immediately translates. Mm -hmm. the, anyone from any time, unless we become immortal, uh, will be able to understand and appreciate what those paintings are. I like, Even how, you, if, I like how you laughed at your own joke there. Because uh, <laughs> the sole point is yeah, life to death. Um, but I... That is like... That is just uh, having... It's probably a better term, but like a visual intelligence for being able to go and look at something and 
you're reading and there is a story and yeah, I, will, um, I will say and I, I don't I don't think I'm special but like I got the message before I read the plaque I was mm-hmm. like life to death yeah it took me a couple of minutes but I was just like oh I see what they're doing and there are a lot of great little details like that boat that the guy's on it's falling apart as he's getting mm-hmm. older um, that angel's always in one little part um just I don't know they're really breathtaking paintings. I'm really glad that I... Because I was thinking, like, should I... It's, it's almost like a name drop. Should I drop that I've seen these? Is that a big deal? But I'm, like, glad that you're like, oh, those are fantastic. And I'm just like, they. that's how I felt. I mean, I feel lucky that I knew whatever you were talking about. <laughs> like, oh, I know those paintings. Um, I'm sure there's, like, there's... At most, there's a couple that I've seen in the VMFA that I might remember. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The, the VMFA has some cool pieces. I like to go and I like to just go and look at them again. The MFA has some great pieces. Um, I go back and forth between which sections I like the most. There are some sections I don't really care too much about. Uh, I can I can picture some of them. Um, I don't want to really. I won't say any of the sections I don't like. And even <laughs> just the in case the VMFA listens, not not that they would, but. Uh, I mean, the sections that I go there and I'm just blown away and I love looking at, um, let's see, I love their Art Nouveau section. Um, and I've probably seen that. Yeah, they just have a great selection of furniture. Oh, the furniture, yes, yeah, I see the furniture. Well, and they have the Art Deco section also right next to it, so there's sort of that Little Those whirlwind. are both furniture bits. Yeah, one goes through this one way, the other kind of goes around. But I think I think I saw both of them because she wanted to show me those specifically, and I was just like, some of it I was just like, that's great, and some of it I was just like, man, maybe. Well, the both of those sections are amazing, amazing of because of course, like the time it's the time that was put into making that stuff is crazy. Like I if, think I was more talking about like what I would want in my living room. <laughs> there is definitely some stuff that I like have fetishized. I want this bed. The the one that has like the like like it's melting. The giant Ooh. one that has the matching like hutch. No, not not that one. <laughs> that There's actually this very like kind of simple. It's almost like this weird cubist wooden bed. Oh yeah 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 that one that one that one I, I said the yeah, same thing. That one is so beautiful. Uh... It's, like, simple, but it still is nice. and, um, But there's a ton of stuff in there that's, like, I would love to have this. It's so cool. Especially because it, it doesn't look super, like, old and historic. Like, it looks like you could go to a fancy... I don't know any furniture stores. Not Ikea, definitely. But you could go to, like, a fancy furniture store and be like, that's a piece I'll never own because it's yeah. $100. I mean, and a lot of... some, At least some of that furniture is sort of the start of what our, like... Contemporary furniture is like, yeah. I feel like looking at some of that Art Deco uh, at the museum, you can get a really good idea for why things look the way they look, or at least what that simplicity, how that simplicity has influenced what we have now. Um, but before we get too too much of a tangent off on furniture because I could definitely <laughs> talk about furniture for a long time. I'll write it down just in case we want to come back to it. Well, we might have to because I also work on furniture we'll in, with another it. job. Um, I also just love furniture. I mean, I love any objects of any kind, really. But I have some. 
I have I like my desk. I like the dresser. Uh, I found that. That that was a gift. And my bed frame is terrible. I'm looking to get a new one. So I like furniture, but I'm also I'm just terrible. I'm just I. I I say this, not expecting you to correct me, I'm just bad at art. I'm bad at, like, things. Like, you see my room, so, like, you can see, like, I'm trying. You like flags. I do like flags. It's <laughs> a funny story. I bought, um, I found those two in a Goodwill, and I bought a flag for my friend who was taking a boat from Louisiana to New York. Shout out to Nellie. Mm. And I got an extra one, so I kept it, and I decided to buy a Virginia one, and anywhere I'll move, I'll just buy the... I like the Virginia flag. That's probably my favorite. I think I, I mean, I like the American flag, too. <laughs> Just want to go on record. <laughs> and the British flag, and whatever the That's other... the New Orleans flag. And the New Orleans one. But I just like the Virginia one the most. Yeah, I, I, I did, too. I don't... Yeah, I, I like flags. I don't know. I, I set my room up to, like, be hugged by my stuff. It just feels like a stuff on the walls. Like, my living room is kind of bare right now. So I'm looking to get some... I'm looking to get a big picture on the wall you walked down. I mean, you didn't get a big chance to look, but, like, I'm looking to just make it better and then like that picture of uh, Michael Richards I think his name is that's my roommates mm. so it takes up the wall space well I, I, I interjected with uh, we're talking about uh, furn- appreciation for furniture. furniture wait well BMSA, BMFA and then we talked about the furniture exhibit and then you said before we get in too much into furniture or anything else my favorite section there is the Tibetan art that, is that which one? Is that like the masks and stuff? Um, they might have no. That's the probably African or pre-Columbian art section, but there might be some masks in the Tibetan section. But the Tibetan section has just beautiful paintings, some sculptures that are just really amazing examples. The animals. Um, I don't know if there's animals. There is this one sculpture though. It's this wooden sculpture of this, some kind of deity of war or death or something. It is so wild. It, it's this creature. It's like painted all in black. He's wearing like kind of a skirt or something. Has like this hog's face, but I think it has like three heads. Made out of wood? <clears throat> three heads? Oh, yeah, goodness. and it's maybe about like a foot shorter than I am. So it's like a big sculpture. He has maybe 20 arms, all holding like daggers and stuff like that. He's like stepping on people. He has a skull belt. It is just like the coolest thing. It just got cooler and cooler with everything you named. It is amazing. You had me three heads. Three heads. (laughs) I mean, 20 arms and maybe 20 legs too. It's How did crazy. you even do that? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I have to go see the sculpture. I mean, if you look at it, it is like, it, it will absorb your attention. And they also, so in addition to that, they also have this one um, Tibetan uh, Buddhist scroll, not scroll, um, wall hanging that is this painting of reincarnation. And that thing, those two pieces alone, like, are what, just. What section is this? Uh, Tibetan art. You kind of have to meander your way to find it. I, uh... It might... I don't even know if it's really, like, something that would be labeled in the museum. They kind of just have this section there. It's up on the third floor near, like, the fancy cafe up there, and then... I didn't even know that was the third floor. Yeah, you go up to the third floor. You kind of have to go around. It's in the newer building. 
It's up at the top. And there's Indian artwork statues, which are worth checking out, too. I definitely go and see that because those are great. Then you go through, there's this little section with this, um, like, architectural thing there and a lot of little paintings. All of that is worth checking out. And you keep going. There's some, like, Indian silver, which I don't really care. I actually really don't give too much of a shit about it because it's just about opulence and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get to the dependent art, and it is just, like, Legs amazing. and arms everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extremities galore. No, I have to go check that out. I mean, whenever I go, I'm at, the, I'm at her mercy, so I'll be like, next time we go. And I, and I love that, and I love... I, I really do like um, a lot of the... Um, a lot of the pieces in the African art section. Those are just amazing... They, it's crazy how, like, many just different things they were able to collect in and kind of have this, they have a very, like, wide selection of uh, artwork from Africa, at least, like, um, sub-Saharan Africa. I have some more visiting to do there. Okay. Um, Jeez. That sounds, that sounds awesome. I feel like I'm missing out now. I'm, like, I'm upset that it's, I'm, I have to wait till this weekend to go. I mean, you have no excuse. You live right by it, so... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I live, I live gloriously close. That courtyard is my favorite to go hang out in. Well, and I used to live right over there, so I was going all the time. But anyway, yeah. I love museums. love going to them. Let's, um... We'll come back to furniture. Let's talk about uh, how we met. Okay. It's only about a week ago. Yes, only a week ago, Improv Theater. Improv Theater at the Coalition, which I will play, plug at the top of the show. Um, you were doing, it was Friday, it was the KGB, mm-hmm. and you did the uh, intermission, not intermission, but just like, the art, was it like an art break or something? Yeah, and so Eve Pridman, who puts that show on, she's had other people do different acts. I saw um, music guitar once. Okay, music, I think there was magic one time. And then my stuff. And I've done it twice. So I think she's done about eight shows so far. Um, I was unable, unfortunately, unable to go to all of them. I went to three or four of them, and they were all spectacular. Yeah, I did not make it to all of them. I'm, I saw, well, the two I was in, and then one other. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell, just briefly, or to your, to your heart's content, explain what it is you would do. So, basically, and the first time I did this was, I think it was a little different. Well, the first time I did it at the KGB show was a little different. But essentially what I do is I get up on stage, have a sketch pad and easel, and at the show we were at, I asked um, for someone to tell a story of a bad date they were on. Um, Which, that's usually... I've seen that happen at other improv sets. People ask for a little story. Mm-hmm. Then that kind of designates what the scene is. So basically what I do is I ask that. I We hear the weird story or the story of the weirdo. And then I ask people to kind of shout out different features of what this person would look like. And then I draw them. And we create something that is strange, like a very bizarre character um and it's just a lot of fun i'm really impressed just actually how much people enjoy 
enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really not something that I think people do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm not telling people what to draw. Um, I mean, I'm doing it, but it's it's something that definitely was happened organically, randomly. Uh, it's just a lot of fun, and um, I've done it in a lot of other formats, which I can talk about in a second, but um, I think people just really enjoy watching people draw and getting to have that input so much fun. Yeah, and you also, I have to say, I like to butter my guest spread. Very talented. Oh, and I was thank like, you. anything that anyone <laughs> suggested, you drew like but to perfection. It was just like, it was, it was perfect. And it, we were giving you some weird ones. And I was a little annoyed because that one guy ahead of sitting in front of me was just like overcomplicating things. I don't know what he was saying. He also when we we had the audience participation, he he kind of I was on stage with him and his mm-hmm. friend, and it was just like, no baby, no. Well, there was, I later, it later it was discovered there was some outside alcohol involved uh, with that group. So yeah, <laughs> I think was, that's where that was coming from. Yeah, he was an interesting, interesting dude. He was talking through the whole show, too. Yeah, he was, which I don't care if you're whispering. Everyone can hear you if you're whispering. It doesn't matter. It's still annoying. But, so you went, even even through this guy, you still went up and did it, and it was just super fun. And I was, I was, I appreciated that you handed out the pictures afterwards. Oh, absolutely. Of course, but that, that, to me, that made it, uh, that made it more fun and more, like, personal and that's what that's when I got to ask you to do the show and mm-hmm. blah 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 yeah. so you said that you do in other formats or something to that effect so it's kind of generally the same idea people give suggestions I'll draw them it's just happened in different ways I mean I've also done ones where I just will do a character for somebody but um, I think you know doing caricatures or something like that or drawing having drawing people up on stage it's a little it's like a little familiar so I think this last time was my favorite time I've done it the show you were at just having people throw out suggestions the entire time um, I don't know I enjoyed that the most I thought that that was because I, I I just I like that aspect of it too that really made it uh, just fun and just you just seemed like you seemed so open to it and I was just like I will I don't know what it is but I've just seen other artists, like, people who draw, and I don't mean to lump this in. This is just my experience. People don't like to be told what to do with their art. Mm-hmm. And so, and I guess it's a small thing where you're just like, hey. Oh, just I love to draw. But that's, that, 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 that's something about your personality that just resonates so strongly with me. You're very calm, laid back. You don't take it too seriously. Tell me some funny things. To draw. And you put on a great show. It fit in not only perfectly with the idea of improv and the idea of the show and the, with the way the coalition kind of operates, but it was just, it was just, high quality show well it's funny you say taking art too seriously and that resonates with me get into it really intensely just um I mean I don't have a point in time where it was I was taking it too seriously and then I wasn't I think it you know over time I just kind of stopped can I can I throw a quote at you that I think you'll you'll agree with sure one of my favorite artists said, don't take yourself too seriously, but take what you do very seriously, mm-hmm. in that if you start to think, I'm this or I'm that, then that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you say, like, I'm putting out a product and I'm going to take that very seriously, because people are 
people maybe and this is more of a famous person like people are paying for what I'm doing so I'm going to take that seriously mm-hmm. but I'm going to remove myself from it and just focus on the work oh absolutely and I think that's a huge thing it's like realizing how much of your ego is actually getting mixed into yeah. what you're doing and everyone has it everyone hopefully can get rid of it everyone can if they want to yeah everyone can like get that ego out of doing their work at some point Mm -hmm. if they try and are self-aware enough but um you know for me there is a time where it's like oh yeah i'm there's that was and it's funny like when you're making that artwork you don't even really know that you're taking it this seriously or this intensely and it's kind of like the world shuts off and it's like this is only the only thing that's really important Mm -hmm. and that's all like that's all well and good but at the end of well i mean for one i think people have to realize oh you're painting or drawing it's completely a luxury Mm -hmm. um to be able to do it in the first place um at least in our society and in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, take that and... I think I might be getting off <laughs> track a little bit too much. No, no, I'm no. starting to. Roll with it, roll with it. Well, I think... So, this ties into a concept in... I'm going to very broadly say more classical Asian artwork. Okay. I realize Asian artwork is a super broad term, Mm -hmm. but what I... To be more specific, classic Buddhist artwork, or probably from other religions, um, Hindu artwork you'd see in temples um, or monasteries... The artist doesn't sign their name to that work. It's really hard to ascribe a piece from any time period to somebody because the person's identity was not part of the thing. You are a crafts, you are a crafts person, and you are creating this object. You're, and it's very much acknowledged. You're part of this culture. This is what you do, and what you do is respected. But your identity takes a back seat to what the product is. Interesting. And that's a deep part of um, the art that was made, you know, during the that those time periods. And I'd say throughout most of time, the art that is the art people make. That, that is the art that we have made as people. It's not. It shouldn't be, and it's not really about who's making it. And I think realizing that and accepting that in our culture is a little more difficult to do because just of what our culture is like. I mean, the individual is, like, super prized. Um, But what's great about improv, and I think with improv what ties into kind of this is that, you know, you matter as an individual in the experience. But the group matters, too, and it's all about making the group look good. Yeah. So I'm sort of doing, like, this improv drawing mashup weird thing, but 
the identity definitely takes a backseat. I think that's extremely important. And I mean, it's changed, it's changed the type of artwork I do outside of this. It's changed how completely how I think about artwork. Um, so it's been a great experience being able to do something like the show we saw. And what, with my kids, I end my class, usually if there's time, I get up in front of a whiteboard and we call it the Bob game. There's Bob, has a really boring face, then we subtly change him until he's like a total freakazoid. <laughs> Just the drawings that I have done for these kids... I mean, we were talking about that 20-legged, like, monster person. This is freakier than that. Like, these kids just have the craziest ideas. And they, like, they go insane. I mean... There's no filter for that. There is no filter. And at the sh- it's funny because at the show where I'm drawing this thing, people are laughing and having a good time. But they have no idea the craziness that ensues <laughs> when even just, like, ten... Like, about ten eight-year-olds are in a room. I'm drawing this Bob character. Make Anything him have, you want. Anything make, you want. Yeah, make him have a, always a pig nose, butt chin, <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> like spider eyes. I mean, I've gotten... Give him, like, 20 eyes and give him, like, three ears. And I was just thinking at the show, if I had some 40 legs, I would have felt like... I don't think I'm too long to draw. I shouldn't say that. But that would be so funny if I said, draw 40 legs, and you just had to, like... I think I might have if you had said it. Even I wouldn't have drawn all 40, but I would have... Drawn a bunch. Yeah. But it, it's funny, that since there's no filter, that just... It's like... I... It's like going... You know, the show we that I was at, that's like going... 50 miles an hour, this is going 100 miles an hour. And not to mention the whole, the whole time the kids are like practically screaming and laughing hysterically. As you draw the silly things on the board. Yeah, and oh I can't... I do it because it's fun, it's a good way to end the class, and it's something they all enjoy and look forward mm-hmm. to at the end. They all get to participate in it. Mm-hmm. Um, now let me ask you this. When it's done, do you take a picture? Yeah. Oh, I have all the pictures with me if you want to see them. I do. <laughs> uh, but part of me is, like, very excited that you do. But part of me, I guess, was kind of hoping that you genuinely didn't. Because because that's kind of the thing with improv is, mm-hmm. and Patrick's been saying this on stage as, as he introduces the show, once it happens, it's gone forever. And it will never be seen as it was again. They couldn't recreate it if they wanted to. And there's some really strong beauty in that. Absolutely. And so part of me, part for that reason alone, wanted me, you, you just go, and it's gone. But, like, I also, as a person living in today, I love you take pictures of them. Well. And you should definitely start, like, an Instagram or, like, a Twitter account just sharing them with the world. I, I definitely want to do something more with them. I don't know if it's more finished drawings or paintings because they're, like, so wild. I couldn't, it's something I could make up on my own, but it would just not be the... There's something very magical about what you have. Yeah, and the experience is is definitely really special, but I think even even just understanding the context of how they're made, and I would would really just refine them just a little bit, Um, but I think even just seeing them and understanding how they're made... 
that is still like a big part of that oh, experience. seeing a silly drawing and and just hear the first and then hearing a story makes it better but I'm sure like even one step further being in the class when it happens and just participating and because laughing you're gonna laugh yeah and then as you draw like even though maybe you could do it in front of a stone-faced adults but you do it in front of kids I'm gonna find the pig nose just as funny as they are because I'm 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 a huge I'm on board with anything like Let's do bits. Let's laugh. Let's like I'm perfect for improv. So like, being in that classroom would just be like, oh my god, I'm 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 this age, and let's do this. Did you do it today? Um. So I did not do it today. I was not teaching today. Oh. I'm actually. Furniture. Is this where we get the furniture again? Well, so we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I don't specific. I mean, I I work on furniture. No, I'm no. not the. Go one. where you go. Go where you anyway. go. Anyway. <laughs> um. This was part of the summer camp we were just doing. I do a class in the fall. Oh, okay. There, that, that there will sense. definitely be some craziness then. Um, I also teach adults comics. I just finished a class doing that, which has been really interesting, getting to do that with kids and then with adults. Kind Why? of just... Well, you start to see... You really start to see... Well, you see a lot of things, but I think the the kind of more shocking thing to me is you really see adults in a more childlike context. I mean, I see my friends and people I know, you can really see them as children or maybe just more themselves in a very like innocent and true way. I think a very true way. You see a truer part of their personality. And I think when you're working with kids, there's no filter. And when there is, you can always see it when they're where that wall is or what's going on. You can usually guess why it's there. You you brought us in the show. You brought us. Being, we were a, a crowd full of children. We were just you you did that like once. I'd say the first time we were children, but then the second time you did it, the second story, mm-hmm. we were all just like, all right, here we go. We yeah. saw the first one. The second one's gonna be just as good. Licking our chops. So like you definitely. <laughs> I, I I if not everybody else, just me. I mm-hmm. felt I felt that that. I think it was. I think it was a lot of people. I mean, everyone else I've talked to is like, has everyone else. I mean, which isn't everyone who's seen it, but a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I've all, I've gotten really positive feedback, and it's people are just really excited. It's not. It's unusual. Um, but it's funny. Maybe just that specific exercise aside, just working with kids and working with adults. I think you very you can more clearly see an adult's truer nature because I think as adults, because of what our culture and society is, we put up those walls more, those... We try and hide our personality um, because it's a very vulnerable part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And people usually do it because of whatever reason. It could be an advertisement telling you you shouldn't be acting this way or maybe it's like something a friend said 20 years ago. It's something is creating a block or one. That's not to say you have to be in people's face like yourself all the time crazy. I'm not really advocating that. You shouldn't be afraid to be yourself. Absolutely not. Um, There's no reason not to be. But for whatever reason, a lot of people are. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's something everyone is pretty pretty aware of. I'm I'm, a... I like to think of myself as always a being myself person. Like, I, I don't ever want to feel like I don't have to be. 
And there are no, definitely and situations where I, I, I feel that pressure. I'm like, why am I feeling that? You know, try to explore that deeper. Well, and it's important, I mean, just to even think that and be conscious of it is super important. Um, and it's interesting, well, it's interesting teaching people and being aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because your teaching is entertainment, it's having a conversation, trying to open someone up, so, you're trying to open someone's understanding to a certain concept, and there's not, it's different for everybody, there's not a specific way to do it. I try with my teaching, I try not to, if I can help but teach a big group, and I try to. You try not to teach a big group, you said. Yeah, and luckily where I'm teaching right now, I don't have to. But like, it's easier to give individual attention, which is more specialized, and you know, not everyone's going to be receptive to that. Um, but it's, it's. I think it's how you could do the most good for a person. Yeah. In a group, you, people are just listening to you, and they have questions. Like, I, in a bigger group, I wouldn't want to ask a question. I wouldn't want them to disrupt the class. Yeah. And in a smaller group, it's like, can you come help me with this real quick? And everyone kind of do their own thing. Well, and the problem is, especially when you're teaching something like art or something creative, and this goes back to, like, us talking about, like, taking it too seriously, you really encounter that with people. You encounter them trying to do what they're doing. Wait, they're trying to take it way too seriously. And this last adult class I taught was the first one I've actually ever taught. I probably had to... I know I've showed adults how to do other things, but that's not the same as... Being, being a teacher and trying to get them to work through something. I think, you know, next time I do it, which will be in this fall, I'm definitely going to try and approach this more like how I do teaching kids, at least trying to get them excited and let their guard down and make them just completely... Forget that they're an adult in the comics class and just be absorbed in what you're saying. Yeah, so a good example... so. A good example of this is um, my the big group project we do in comics, which I try and do as many group projects as possible, because for kids especially, but adults too, it's important to have like that social interaction. For kids, it's maybe a little more important because they're learning social behavior, um, like or they're forming that. Adults kind of have more of a grasp on that. I mean, some could be better about it, but. Uh, too real, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I I decided, okay, at least three of these five classes, because it's one week class with the kids. They're gonna be group classes, partners, and partner up. And a lot of the kids are really social anyway, and we'll talk to each other. But our big project is Crazy Comic, which is like a three by five foot collage crazy madness comic that we all just work on there are two groups one group draws panels the other group is cutting out stuff they switch we glue it down i'm sort of there kind of directing some things very loosely i mean there's only so much i can really do anyway mm-hmm. um so and then they switch and we keep switching and then at the end there's like just this crazy piece of artwork that you you'll have someone's drawing here, and then someone like put a picture of like Natalie Portman's face 
on top of their drawing. Then someone else like colors that in green. And then there's a speech bubble that says like, "I love hamburgers" or something crazy. And then it, that's just like a little section of it. And there's not so much a story. Maybe there's like a loose story that you could interpret from it. But it's just this bizarre collaborative comic that we do. Um, and the kids just like go nuts for that. Yeah. So I bring that up because you should I, you should start you should bring that to the adult class and say this is the goal. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I think about being in that class and I would be like so concerned with like okay before I even start drawing I have to have a story and I have to have it all planned out and then I need characters and then I would just I would never pick up a pencil because I'd be too afraid of like not having everything perfect. And that that's me taking it too seriously. Instead mm. of just saying like, let's just draw, and I'll do this like the comic I did when I was a kid. Like I probably just just started drawing, and then I thought like, oh, I should make a story, and then just kept going. Like okay, this is a story now, but, right? Yeah, I mean, when I work on stuff, it's I just work on it, and it creates itself. Exactly, but but that's what I'm saying is, I'm I'm assuming that one of the difficulties with having adults in the class is like, I I would be in that class. My first thought would be like, I'm. I don't know what to do. It would be overwhelming. I would be like, I can't put something out, take myself too seriously, kind of kind of a whole deal. That, oh, that would be yeah. the first instinct of just like taking myself too seriously because I like have to, I don't want, Well, it's. I wouldn't want you to see what I have. I, would, I wouldn't want to put up the, the collage that the kids did. Like, It's pretty it, easy to boil it down. It's just being a perfectionist. They're coming yeah. into it thinking this has to be perfect, Well, which it doesn't. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're taking a class. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not... I draw a lot, and I know comics really well, and I think about it all the time. I still don't consider myself an expert, and I have a ton to learn. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming into a class like that, and you're still relatively new to something, it really is important to be humble and patient with yourself. I feel like my assumption, having never taught a class of adults, is that's one of the things that makes teaching adults so difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, they're really closed off. I mean, with kids, it's more of a... It's classroom management. That's what you're going to hear from pretty much any teacher of children. I, I've, worked, I've worked with kids in the past, so okay. I know 100% what you're talking about. Yeah. So with adults, you don't really have to do that, um, which is nice, but then it's like, it's like you're in a coal mine trying to get these ideas out of them or get them to even do something. And everyone's different. I mean, and honestly, this last group that I had, they're really good. Came up with a lot of great ideas. But it's still when you, if you were to compare it to that creative freedom that the children have, it's no, it doesn't even come close. Mm-hmm. And for me, getting to teach children and adults, but specifically children, because of that freedom and that excitement that they bring to it. It's. I feel like for me personally, it's completely changed how I work and think as an artist. How I just think about my work. I. I mean. I've. You know, like what we were saying earlier. I don't really take it as seriously. It's much more of a social experience. Um, it's a lot more enjoyable. And honestly, some of the drawing and work that I've been doing since teaching and opening up to this, it's honestly gotten just better because of it. I'm less closed off. I work more freely. I don't 
obsess over something not being right or perfect. Um, so it's been an extremely amazing experience. And it's really happening right now, you know. I don't know what that this time period will look like to me five or ten years down the line. But, Ooh, that's interesting. But I know that it's a moment that is defining who I am as an artist right now. Yeah, I, I can resonate very strongly with that. Which, having gone through my like, thing. Well, and it's funny because we're talking about... I mean, I had this experience learning about art and, as a kid and all of this stuff, and I've always been exposed to it and around it, but, you know, really right now, just talking about all of this stuff, I feel like I'm really, for the first time, learning and accepting who I am as an artist and as a thinker and person, whatever Live else. on the show. Well, live on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Breaking I'm, new grounds, people. Breaking... Uh, well, I mean, it's pretty fresh. Last, I'd say, six months... Yeah, is when all this has been developing. Um, but, and, and then, I mean, there's a lot to say, like, the whole, like, I, I, I subscribe strongly to the idea of, like, every year you look at your past self, and you're like, I am so different. And I feel like as yeah. an artist, there's, there's no, there's no difference. And it's like, you're growing as an artist. And it's just like, yeah, as the artist that I, whatever I was in the past, like, I made YouTube videos of video games. And then I got better at it. And then I got better at it. And then I stopped. So, like, that was something that I still did, and I got better as I went along, but, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to do different things. I don't know how that, that doesn't really relate, but that kind of just covers it. Well, it's still creation, it's crea- it, it, and it's, a, it's creative, I mean. I also learned a big thing, like, just as an example, like, not don't put these arbitrary pressures on yourself to put out something perfect or keep to a schedule or something like that. Like, we did that. We did it months worth of videos, and it was really stressful, and we stopped because we just had to stop. Mm-hmm. It, was too, it was too much. But, like, I think one of the things that uh, really inspired me was like when I was trying to write music and it was just like as someone who's been listening to music for 10 years I have this standard of what I like in music mm-hmm. and it's grown over those 10 years and now that I'm starting to try to make music my ability is down here but I expect this yeah. and so this stops me from like I said putting pen to paper and so like there was this, I, I recently a couple weeks ago I wrote my very first song complete with music and everything like it's fully fleshed out and there was a moment where I had this this word, and I was like, this is the cringiest word that could possibly be in this song. And I said, what happens if I just green light it and roll with it? And I was able to finish the song, and I changed the word later, and it worked out. But, like, giving my giving myself the space to, like, this is not very good allowed me to get to the better spot. Well, there's basically one thing you need to do when that happens. And I've talked about this with a lot of people and thought about it a lot. Good. The main thing you have to do is not stop doing what you're passionate about doing when you encounter that. And I see artwork all the time that I'm like, that's amazing. How did they do that? But I look at myself and I think, okay, maybe I'm not like, I don't, I would like to be able to be there where that person's being that. But you kind of have to realize where you actually are and appreciate where that is and be patient where that is. Let that inspire you mm-hmm. to, to keep working to get there. But it's not... But get, get, get to the point where you get to a place where someone else says, wow, how do they get there? And it might... It's maybe a little frustrating, but that frustration will pass, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's not worth stopping. Yeah, and that was what I did with that song. I was like, I hate this word, but I'm going to push forward. And then, like I said, I just changed it. But, like, I didn't let the, the fact that I didn't think it was very good stop me from 
making something and feeling the accomplishment and wanting to do more. Now I want to write more songs because I finished one. Yeah, and maybe the tenth song you write won't be you won't even be happy with that. But maybe that eleventh one, yeah, it's just that other step of the ladder keep and raising then raising the bar. Yeah, and you'll because you have to write. Keep going. To, I never got to be in a band as a kid, which I regret very much. But like I know, me neither. I'm not. I'm I'm starting to get interested in playing guitar, so I know. You start a band. That's the only answer. I will. Ju- I will just be there pointing to things on the guitar and telling you what they are, because that is literally <laughs> all I know. I can help you with guitar. It's, it, it's 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 very easy to get into if you want to do it. Well, I'm learning just a little bit at a time. So right now, do you know uh, Grace at the theater? My girlfriend, yes, curly hair. So she has a great ukulele act, where never, she unfortunately actually, I've never seen it. Oh well, she hasn't done it too much, uh, and I don't know if she'll want this to be in the podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Uh, and it's similar, kind of to what my drawing is, because she'll ask for someone's day or their experience or what they did, and then she'll improvise a song based around their day on ukulele. And it's, you know, she's pretty hard on herself, but even the, even like the worst song she improvises, which first of all, it's an improvised <coughs> song, which Game is, song. that is amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, that's like. spot rhyming probably. Yeah. And when it doesn't rhyme, it's even funnier. Mm-hmm. But so she does that, but she's f- super diligent with her practice. And a year ago, she did not know ukulele. And now she's at a point where she can do that. Um, but her, like, kind of just doing this was very inspiring to me to be like, oh, you can learn something. Mm -hmm. You just have to practice it. Mm -hmm. And again, I've never played music, so art, which is more, a lot more natural to me, music is, like, the total opposite. And I definitely starting from square one, just learning how to do it, but I'm kind of entering into that point right now where it's like, Okay, little by little, I'm yep. just figuring out this part, this part. Even if I just, like, am looking at the guitar one day, I know I don't have time to practice. Like, yes, I'm looking at your guitar right now. <laughs> I just, it is still part of what I'm I remember I'm doing. When I was 17 when I took, I took a guitar class. I needed one more class, and I was like, you should take guitar. And I'm like, eh, you should take guitar. And I felt, I felt the same thing you're feeling. Like, I kept thinking of famous guitarists. I'm like, I'll never be there. And it's also like now, eight to eight and a half years later, like I, get, I I play mostly covers, but like I can play things that I hear now, and I can like discern and like look up tabs and stuff. So, you're right. You can learn to do things, and that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to do with all the things I'm doing. So yeah, I can definitely do that. And if you want help learning guitar, I can help you. I'm okay, sure. I will definitely let you know. I. <laughs> uh... You actually, you actually, I don't know if you have anything more to say on what we're talking about, but you, you found a, a nice segue into what I'm going to talk about next. Uh, we'll just jump into it then. So, how long have you and Grace been together? Oh, we've been dating about six years. Wow, that's a very long time. Yes. My longest relationship was two and a half years. I, I, this is the first long-term relationship I've been in. How I think old are you? I am 28. 28. You don't look a day or 27. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... The topic that I want to touch on is, like, you're a creative type. Mm-hmm. There's no arguing that. You've outed yourself in the first hour of this episode. I mean, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it is the person 
that, and this is obviously totally subjective, but this is just the topic. Um, is the person for an artist an artist? Interesting. One of my, the, it, the, the, the inspiration behind doing this show mm-hmm. was by another show that I, I listen to a lot. And he asks, is the person for a comedian a comedian? And that, well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but that, so <laughs> mine's more of like, can a creative, can, I like to, I'm still trying to figure out my path as like a relationship person. What kind of relationships do I want to be in? What kind mm-hmm. of this and that and all these things. And I've been in, I've been in a lot and I've learned a lot. And it's kind of been one of the main focuses on my life. Well, so I'm sorry. I'm at the stage where it's like I want to explore, and then like seeing you, you and Grace together, like you guys are both bona fide artists. Like I don't know her very well, and I've only ever seen her perform, but she's hilarious, and like everything she does, like ukulele, like that's that's crazy. Well, so a little bit of background, and then I'll get into what we're talking about and Please. answer your question. Um, so we met in art school. We were both studying illustration. Have you seen? Mm-hmm. And. Um, She's, I'm a little more on the illustration side. We both enjoy painting. She's a little more on the design side of things, at least in terms of her interests and skills and abilities. Uh, I mean, when it comes to typography, she's someone who will know the name of a font that's being used just by looking at it. Those people are the, the coolest. It is really cool. We'll just be hanging out, and she said, oh, they're using Bedoni. Weird. <laughs> I love I love talking about fonts. What, the girl I'm saying, she told me that there was, basically, there's five five acceptable fonts you can use in like, advertising. Three of them are never changing, and then two of them are typically like a group of like seven fighting for the top, mm-hmm. the top in the top five. Mm-hmm. I don't know them, but I just I love that concept. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. There's some great. Well, I won't get too much into this. My favorite is a uh, Futuro. That's her favorite. It's it's what I use on the logo for the show. Have you seen the logo? Nice. No, I haven't. I'll pull it up while you uh, keep going on with what you were saying. Well, her favorite is the Futura O, just that circle. Perfect. I really like Futura, too. She sold me on it. Nice. Yeah, there's that O. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I do prefer it to be bold. No, Futura is a beautiful font. Um, But, yeah, she just has this... And, of course, that interest has influenced me. And I think... So, despite... Being creative types, you still have an aesthetic eye, things you're drawn to, and me being with her, I'm still, I'm drawn to things that I wouldn't be were I not. Yeah. So things centered more around designer typography, I'm definitely more interested in, pay a lot more attention to than I would mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, I honestly think it's probably a good thing to be with someone. If you can set that ego aside, that we were talking about earlier, not you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think, you know, being, and I say that, I bring that up because being with an artist, it's like... I know I know exactly where you're going with this. Okay, so being with an artist, you're going to receive criticism about what you're doing. Yep. And thank God that you would, that you'd be lucky, you're lucky yeah. to, and I'm, I've been lucky to get that. The, f- the first draft of my logo, she's like, that looks bad. Not because the logo looked bad, but because, like, I just shopped it together real quick. And then she, the, the logo, you see, she did that. She made it clean. Yeah. But that was, like, that to me, that, that meant a lot because she's like, she's like, let me fix it for you. And she fixed it, and it's beautiful. And and then, in turn, you learn from what was working and what doesn't work. Yeah. And now everything I look at, all the things, I did a lot of graphic 
graphic work for the the YouTube channel me and my friend did. Mm-hmm. So like I put together all like the thumbnails and like the title and uh, outro kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I look at all those and I'm like, I could have done so much better. And I have these standards now. I'm I'd say I gained a little bit of a snobbish snobbery, in the way that I appreciate the good things and I have yeah I have expectations and standards now with, with this field that I never had before. I don't know if that's as far as you would go. That's as far as I would, I would go. No, that makes total sense. And, I mean, that's what I've had in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Our first date was going to the VMFA. That's not my great and, first date. And, well, we weren't even really dating, but we went there. Mm-hmm. whole time just talking about our looking at this stuff. And I think even, you know, in my own way, I was able to influence maybe whatever her aesthetics were. I think... Oh, I, I, I without a doubt, just knowing what I know, there's mm-hmm. no way that you haven't had a profound imp- imp- impact on her creative creativity and it's back and forth Mm -hmm. and well so when we started dating uh she had never done improv before i was there when she was taking classes um and for her she's just naturally funny joker so improv is perfect i mean it's just that is being a performer is like who she is and that's been i think her big development as just a creative person is really accepting that and I think that's true of a lot of people too everyone's a little more of a performer than they think they are Mm -hmm. Um, I've been embracing the idea that I've I've been channeling this like I remember being jealous of my friend junior year of high school like being in the school play mm -hmm. and I was just like I I wanted to be a performer I was jealous because that's what I wanted to do it too Mm -hmm. and that's why I like doing improv and like getting on stage is just like what I want to do it's so much fun I mean the times I've been on stage it's just exhilarating Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a conversation, and it's, honestly, I think it's nice to be around, you know, if, for any relationship, it's nice to be around people who enjoy the same things you enjoy. If they can do something similar, that's awesome, too, to be able to talk about it. And... I don't know, to be able to talk about art with someone, I I don't know if I could be with someone if I couldn't do that. Yeah, you couldn't share what you're into. Even if, if they were, like, you, even if they were not an artist, but they still wanted to talk about art, that'd be amazing. I found like, myself they doing that with her, like, I don't know anything she talks about, but I'm like, I'm interested. Like, teach me. Yeah. And so she, she puts her ego aside to teach me. She picks up now and then to, you know, be snobby a little bit, which I, I appreciate. But. Well, it's, it's fine. I mean, she... You know, if I think it's important to recognize, like, okay, I'm definitely an authority in this. I know what I'm talking about, especially with something like design, because that's, um, I think, well, design's really important. It's better to be right about that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. And I, when she, she, she her, she, when she first criticized the logo, she was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." I'm like. No, I'm just kind of embarrassed that I let that go out like that. Like, I didn't even see the the graininess on the... So yeah. I appreciate that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important just to... And I, I, I feel like you can't stress enough dropping the ego, being able to just, like, that, like, just let it go and just appreciate it. Well, it's really important, and it's... I think it's something that is hard to do for a lot of people just in our culture. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing it all the time. I try to keep it in check, but sometimes 
I'm like, oh, I was, the ego was driving on that one. Well, I don't think there's really a foundation for getting out of that, like, mm-hmm. um, for getting out of that, like, just way of thinking or con- just constantly, like, think about yourself or this is important, what I'm doing is most important. Just being able to, like, step outside of that and let yourself be open to what your experience is. It's, I don't think it's something that's really, like, culturally enforced yeah. in America. Mm, I agree. Um, the, the, the kind of, to touch on that, unless you have something more to add. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I sense the natural ending to the slope. To okay. That. Um, do you find it important, because you're, you are seeing an artist, and we've agreed that we would lean more towards an artist is the person for an artist. Mm-hmm. Is there an importance in the person, on one hand, the person you're dating, and then the ideal person that you would date, enjoying your work? Um, I don't think... I couldn't, I couldn't be with someone if I didn't like their work. Interesting. And... I... I say that because if, you know, if you're with someone, you, honesty is, like, crucial to any relationship. Absolutely. And you don't want to be shitting on them the whole time. No, and if I'm with someone who's making paintings that I think are, like, atrocious or doing whatever that's like, no, this is really bad, that is just not going to work. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like... No, no, I feel like that's, uh, you have standards. And, and and you're right, it would affect the relationship. If if they're trying their hardest and you, and you want to, again, be very honest, but you don't want to say, like, it's bad. Well, and here's the thing. If you're in a relationship and you see that bad work and you say something and you're able to have a conversation with the person and then they're able to see it from your perspective or you're able to come to at least some kind of a conclusion and through honesty and communication then, like, you can be with someone if you don't maybe like where they are right there, but it has you have to be able to have a conversation about it and be honest about it. So yeah, they'd have, they'd have if, I, if, I was with, if I was with someone who's like, like, oh, I'm a sculptor. I love sculpting. It's what I'm really passionate about. It. And maybe they're good to some degree, but they are, like, stuck in some way of doing it. They're just not really making work that's good. I can't not say anything. Mm-hmm. But so, um, they, said, they said, do you like it? And you're like... No, I don't. No, it's not... It, I don't like this and this. And and you, your hopes would be that they would say, yeah, I'm still working on it, and give me feedback, for example. Yeah. And then you could say, like, this is what I would look at working on. You're not a sculptor, but, like, you would say, like, this is what I see as someone who enjoys sculptures. Yeah. And I'm, I made a few sculptures. I don't make a living doing it, but... I've seen a ton of sculpture. I mean, just you know. So you're saying you can be with someone if they're if they're working on it, and if you can be honest, and they take that as like a well, I'm learning. But if they think it like if they if they don't react oh, to you not liking it well, if if they're not re- if they're reacting poorly to it and then not accepting what I'm having to say and just kind of ignoring it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And you know they can say you know. If they're, because then they're not really being humble, they're not listening to you, any relationship's just not going to work if that's what it's like. No matter what level of that relationship is, 
it's going to fall apart. It's going to seep into other aspects, and it's just not going to, yeah, it's not going to be co- a cohesive yeah. unit. I, um, I, I've been doing my podcast, and I did another one with a couple friends, and I remember I've had dated two girls since I've been, I, I'm the girl I'm seeing now, and my ex, and I didn't know how I felt about w- them listening to the show. Mm. And, like, I know the girl I'm seeing now does not listen to my show. Mm. And I want you to tell me, just because oh. I want to hear your opinion, <laughs> what you think about that. Um, right, this is this is the ninth well, episode. Has she listened to any of them? No. Interesting. Um, well, she should probably listen to at least one. I wouldn't say she has to listen to all of them because, I mean, I don't... I go to a lot of improv shows that Grace is in, but I don't go to all of them. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think especially for something like this where there's so much content, you can't be expected to listen to all of it. Yeah, because it's it's like 20 hours. And I'm sure you've talked with her a lot about this process, if she's helping you with the logo and stuff like that. No, actually, it just went as far as the logo. Okay. Well, this is something that is, is kind of bothering me. But on the other hand, it's like, I guess maybe this is how I'm justifying it. I don't think she should have to listen to anything she doesn't want to. Especially the commitment, like you said. I think you're right in that maybe she should... She is supportive. Like, well, I don't really know how supportive she can really be. It's like, I'm doing a show. Great, have fun. I mean, the, the support's important. I'd, I'd say, and this is just my opinion, obviously, I've never met this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know what... No, no, um, no. Just be, be completely open. She obviously won't listen. <laughs> but, you know, if you're ever like, oh, I'd like you to listen to this, I'd like your input. If if if, she, if you if, want that, you yeah. can ask for it, and mm-hmm. she should probably say yes. But... Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, like, uh, gray area at the bottom of how much she listens, like, when you kind of explore her not listening it's like well she doesn't have to but in the, no in, she doesn't have to but, but in the conversation of ideal partner you are subscribed to the idea of at least one at least at least well i think at least one because she sounds critical she might not know a lot about podcasting she might not listen to podcasts she, i don't know just to clear she does okay so, so. then i'd say she would probably have good input and at least one episode. Maybe not this conversation. But uh, <laughs> this is the one she'd like too. It's all about art. Okay. Well And I I feel like to me, one of the things that I like I, I I'm committed to is being vulnerable and like I wouldn't say anything I'm saying on the show that I wouldn't say to her. I don't know how she'd feel about Oh well then I mean that's her, that's I mean that's a little different than, you know, I think I think it's just my best advice is just ask if you want if you if you want it and you feel like you need it just ask I just think it's a very interesting kind of talking about artists dating each other like mm-hmm. yeah like should let's say like for example like I made a song should she listen to this song should it, like you make a comic should Grace read the comic like there's a lot of things and I think that the the, be, the beautiful thing in there and I'm not I'm not I'm not committing one way or another to the relationship that I'm in but like Finding a partner who says, you made this, I would love to listen to it. I want to check this out. I want to look at this. And, and like, come back to you and say, this is great. And, like, that means something. Or, like, 
but also, you know, there's there, there's a lot of sides to it, I think. But the, but the idea you're saying is the support is important. Whatever way that is received or given, that's the important part. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, from your point of view, I wouldn't expect her to be like, oh, let me listen to this and I'm going to... Just, just because you did this, I should, I should indulge. Yeah, I think it's... I don't... I think it's reasonable to not expect that. But I think On it's... On my end. Yeah, but I think it's also reasonable if you ask. That she should say, okay. Yeah, if... I mean, listening to... A, how long? Two hours. Two hours. I mean, that's definitely a commitment to listen to a podcast like that. She works a desk job. Oh, uh, then so she has no excuse. excuse. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> she listens to long ones. I, what um, kind of podcasts does she like? Like political ones. Oh, she does. There's some good ones. There are some good ones. I um, I'm, I mostly listen to comedy podcasts. That's what mm-hmm. gets me going. I will listen to a couple news ones and some comedy ones. I'm still looking for, like, a good science philosophy weird one. I've listened to a couple, but I this is probably with podcasts across the board, though. I def, I'm not like, a, oh, this podcast is out. I have to listen to it. Everything except for Hardcore History. That one. That, one, that one's your must-listen? Yeah. I, I, not all of Dan Carlin's stuff I'm crazy about or will listen to, like, his Common Sense one. Sometimes he's, like, super rambly diatribe. Even, like, if I'm agreeing with him a lot, okay, I don't want to listen to you talk <laughs> about healthcare for an hour. Uh, but his history one is, like, the one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I will listen to that. I will listen to you talk about World War One for four hours. That sounds, that sounds super interesting. The only, one <laughs> the only one I listen to that's, like, more mainstream lately because it's been so helpful is uh, Pete Holmes's podcast. You made it weird. Mm. He sits down with a comedian or somebody, and they talk about three main topics, comedy, sex and relationships, and God and religion. Okay. And to me, just, like, listening, especially to the relationship parts, like, it helped me get through sometimes, and, like, hearing other people going through it, and also it's very inspiring on the comedy side because it's, like, it's kind of helped push me, like, do this, you can do it. Mm-hmm. This is how you start. This is what you need to look out for, like, stuff like that. So, like, it's, it's the reason I, it was the push that got me into improv. It was, like, that was the why, because he did it, and I was, like, he talks so highly of it and he had people on who do it and then I got the email and I'm just like oh, I'm doing it I mean improv is amazing you're going to which class are you in? Uh, the Sunday one well, or, 101 sorry 101. 101 yeah just started um, do you plan on doing more? yeah I plan to go the distance as long as I'm here at this theater I try, I try to go to every show if I'm not doing something that night I try to just oh, wow. be as involved I went to every show this, this past weekend because cool. it was just like, except for one, because I kind of caught up with a friend. But I went to every, every night. I went and just like, I that's just, impressive. That's more improv than I see when I see a lot. Yeah, and it for me, it's just like I just this is what I want to do, and I want to be in this world, and like I want to meet people who are just in this mindset. Well, the improv <clears throat> community is really special, super accepting group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something all the improvisers say is everyone should at least take one hundred and one. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, as you get further into it, you know, it gets more, it gets a little more technical. It's still fun and exciting, but um, 101 for sure. Your people are going to like learn tools to just open up, be themselves, work well with a group. It's it amazing. A, yeah. If I have my way, I will be 
Yeah, taking classes for doing doing this forever because this is just like so much fun. Like I love being on stage and I love <laughs> it goes well, but also like I just want to learn and like get to the point where, even if it doesn't go well, then it's it went okay or whatever. That's fine. But yeah, being on stage is really nice. It's I'm I'm really nervous about doing the showcase. So me and a couple of uh, my classmates are trying to do the lab on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, we're trying to wait and see if we get on. I'm very excited. The lab's a lot of fun. The lab's a lot of fun. I've done... I don't know if I've done the drawing at the lab. I think I've done some just regular improv shows at the lab, but... Um, I'm... When it comes to improv and performance... And, of course, I don't... I'm not, like, on a team. I don't, you know, regularly practice or do it. But what I like and what I'm interested in doing is, like, just get it as crazy and out there as possible make it weird organic strange put in everything you can and then some and a lot of people are very like technical about it and I think it's important to be like that yeah and it's important to understand what's going on when you're on stage yeah definitely. I don't think you can just go up and make fart noises for 20 minutes be that might show. It might, yeah, that would be a weird show. It might depending on who did it, it might be funny, uh, but I, I'm definitely more of just crazy other stuff, and that's why I enjoy doing the drawing thing because it's like crazy. weird and unusual and exciting, um, and a lot of improv is too. I don't want to get down on just regular improv. I really don't mean to do that at all, whatsoever. I didn't take it that way. Um. um I feel like, for for me, just like still trying to still trying to find my way doing it, like having things to say and stuff like that, and just trying to work on the acting side of it. You know, cranking that emotion up to a seven minimum at all times. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just really excited about moving forward with it. That's kind of the thing I'm into. So you took you just took one on one and two on one. Let's see. Furniture. Oh, furniture. Um, I wrote that we had to come back to it, so... Well, I'll talk about furniture a little. It's... I... That's more of a recent interest to me. I mean, I've always think thought... Do you, do you make furniture? I assist in making furniture. That sounds awesome. That sounds like something I've, I've wanted to do forever. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I... Most of my work is very 2D, so it's nice to, like, get to work on something like that. Yeah. It's not the most exciting stuff. Um, I, took, I mean, I remember taking shop. I made a lamp, and I was devastated cool. when they couldn't drill all the way through. Oh, man. And it was like that. And I just had, like, a, just like, a, like a hunk of wood that's, like, laid out beautifully. No. And over the years, it's gotten dinged. That's a shame. It's you need to get one of those long drills and just get it yeah. done with. But then I don't even have all the pieces. But, yeah, I, um... Well... I love woodshop. I it's definitely more recent thing for me. But um, like a, like a year. I uh, yeah, and on honestly, it, it comes down to more just like a part time job. I assist with making like office you, furniture. You get to do that for as a job. That sounds. Oh, it's so not cool. as exciting as and I mean it's, for me it's a great ideal part time job. I get to work with my hands. I learn construction and building stuff and. Yeah, this all sounds incredible. I guess I, so. I, I, sit, I sit at the desk all day, and I click a mouse. Oh man, I can't. Do, I can't do the desk thing. I'm I'm getting to that point. I, I have terrible hours. 
I see. I can't do it. I would literally go crazy. Mm-hmm. I would go insane. You're looking at someone who's who's doing that. Right oh, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like th- that's why I'm saying like working in a wood shop sounds. I'm, of course, it's not glamorous or whatever. But like getting to work with your hands. Well, awesome. and and I'm not right. even saying really that. I'm just saying that the level I'm at and what I'm doing, I'm really assisting. It's not. It's not like the cooler parts of it to me, which is like figuring out the construction and the people I work with they have a lot more experience with this than I do they have a lot more knowledge around it so of course I'm not going to be the one coming up with stuff you're still learning aren't you yeah I'm learning I'm always paying attention to things and um I mean for me with making furniture and stuff I'm not at the point where I'm doing it a lot yet but there will be a point for me where I want to be doing it regularly. I mean, I want to make my own bed frame. I want to be able to make tables. You're going to make that bed frame from the museum, aren't you? I've thought about it. Uh, I actually have, like, a different design in mind that's a little, like, a little more simple, probably a little more, like, Japanese in style. Um, But I just think, I mean, furniture is just really cool. I, um, objects, household objects, are just awesome to me. Um, I, I I can't I can't I don't I can't express to you how like much I agree with you because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But again, like I just don't have anything like good to show you. Like you know. I mean, I there are some pieces of furniture in my house I really like, but I'm not at the point where I want to be. Same. If that makes, and it's because I mean. It's because furniture is expensive. And that's part of the reason why I'm interested in learning how to make it, because I want to be able to make stuff that looks nice for me that I can make for me. And um, as opposed to going and spending $500 on something that might be cool, but it's $500, and that's, you know, a lot to spend on. All of the furniture in this room, excluding this chair, was 150 bucks total. Oh, wow. This chair was a little more expensive. But it was, it was a splurge. I can tell. It's, it's, uh, it's fancy. It, like, reclines all the way. This oh, is, wow. This is, like, the best napping chair. That, this chair that has, is an yeah. intense recline. It is, um, it was a splurge, and I love it, and I would never, I don't regret it at all. It was, like, it cost more I, than all the furniture in this room. Well, and I think that's fine. I mean, people talk about this with, like, clothing. It's, like, you can have, like, that one piece that, looks really nice and then you can I don't know wear like a Target t-shirt you know mm-hmm. with your fancy jeans and you still and it looks great it's the thing exactly. that ties it all together I also just this is a tangent but this is I think you'll agree I remember I was working in a restaurant in New Orleans mm-hmm. and there was this guy and he had these these chopsticks but they were long and they were like metallic and they cost him $75 and I was like well, why would you do that and he's like well because I love cook-. he was like a career chef mm-hmm. and they were they were used in like some kind of chefery that I'm not familiar with like maybe like picking or making plating but just like and that kind of inspired me like oh you should spend money on things that you love so that it enhances what you love and you don't Absolutely. have to like buy everything and all that but just like I wanted to buy a new guitar so I bought a new guitar and I, I love that and I'm getting every penny out of it I mean one of the coolest pieces of furniture I have I it was for free on the side of the road. It's like a really cool old piece of furniture. Needs to get like redone a little bit, but mm-hmm. 
it's really cool. And being able to know how to do that and having that knowledge and then doing it, that's I'm super excited to do that. I, I love that you were able to just take that tangent and just like, we're going to bring it right back to... A well, no, 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 it was perfect, it was perfect. Uh, it was not, I'm not, I'm not like... Well, and I don't <laughs> even know if there's anything else I really have to say... About furniture? About furniture. I think... I think what's important about furniture, and I think a lot about it now just because I'm producing it, it's... This gets into maybe more of a spiritual realm. Oh, do it. But That's where I wanted to go. But I personally think everything is... I don't know. For me, everything really is spiritual if you break it down. But... You, you look hesitant. I'm going uh, to encourage you to not be. I'm just... I'm not hesitant. I'm just trying to make sure I say this how I want to say it. Okay, okay. Um, your surroundings influence you mm-hmm. and what your mood is. Absolutely. And if... And I see this all the time. I see people just very arbitrarily pick something out. It could be, and I think this is very closely tied to art because art hangs on the walls. You still view it or look at it in some kind of context. People do it without thinking about it. They just put something there. And sometimes, okay, maybe that can kind of happen, but you need to do it with intention. And, and like, it's weird, but you could, I think some people, like, go crazy because they put an ugly couch in their living room and they don't know it. And they look at this ugly couch every day and they don't realize that it's driving them just nuts. I'm sure there's a lot of other things driving them nuts, but the things we look at influence who we are and our personality. And I think there is something spiritual in that. There's Um, a certain energy that you, you create when you put together a room. Absolutely, and I mean, I'm maybe this is feng shui. I don't even know anything about feng shui, so I'm not even gonna go into that. But I'd say you're touching on elements that feng shui uh, promotes. But it's it's what is going to bring you pleasure or or, or enjoyment. And honestly, I notice this more not even maybe in like a room or something or with furniture per se, but like walking down some streets you're gonna know immediately how a street's gonna make you feel what's right or wrong about it is this sidewalk ugly or is it you might not be thinking about it but subconsciously you definitely are aware of it Mm -hmm. is there trash here and if you start to change some stuff you realize oh this is so much better than it was yep and it's and it's a subconscious thing you bring it right back into underappreciating aesthetic again at yeah, the top and, of the show. and I think it's because it affects us emotionally. Yeah, I 100% agree. My previous roommate, when she moved out, I got basically I basically had more control of the living room because she lived here longer than I did. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my current roommate, set it up nicely. Then I wanted to be in that room again, and I want I enjoyed it. And like this room, you're making me very self conscious about everything on the walls, but at the same time, I think it's all temporary until I find something better. I've surrounded myself with things that make me happy and just... Oh, and that's... Well, and that's fine. Exactly. But, like, everything has, like, a story and um, there's just fun fun things, silly things, things about my past, something like that. So, like... 
I mean, it, 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 yeah, I'm not trying to say that, like, your stuff has to be, like, the fanciest stuff, but if it means something to you and it gives you enjoyment where it is, then that's... Yes. That's, but, but, that's but, what's important. But you're saying people buy, like, I'm going to buy this and I'll put it in my house, and they don't think about, like... For me, there was there was a big process. Like, I had my, my parent, my mom and my sister were here, and I was like, where can I move the furniture? Where can I put things on my walls that would make that would make me happy, that would make, wouldn't make me feel like, oh, my God, I'm in this room again, I just feel... I don't know what's going on. So, like, there was a lot of energy. I think this is what you're getting to, of saying, like, this can go here, this can go here, this is where this can go, and this is this works here. Yeah. And, like, most of these things, yeah, except everything I have has, like, a story and something to it. So, like, I want to put it up on the wall. And, like, you see it, and, of course, you... And I'm, I'm putting these words in your mouth, and feel free to reject them. You see the, the, the kitschy, the eclectic, where did he get this shit from... And it's just like, I can tell you where I got everything from, and you'd be like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Most of it's goodwill, my brother's painted those paintings, etc. And that's really nice. Yeah. I mean... But that, but that's what you're saying. That's, I'm, I, my room is like 100% in support of what you're saying. Yeah, and it, and it really, it's, it's more just people who are careless about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. People who buy a shirt and they won't think like, what could I match this with? I think that's a good that's a good analogy. Like, yeah. what pants could I wear this? Could I wear this with three of my pa- pairs of pants? Boom. I mean, sometimes that not rooms per se, but if you sometimes for me, I will see something and it will make me want to vomit. Like, I actually become nauseous because. Can I can I give you a perfect example? Yes. I was a pedicabber in New Orleans for three years, so I mm-hmm. was on the streets seeing tourists all the time, and you see these people, and I I feel like you agree. They'll have, like, dark blue New Balances with the lime green trim. Mm. They'll be wearing, like, red shorts, like, dark red, and then, like, a red shirt. To me, that, that that's an example. Just, like, the people, the way they dress themselves. You, very finely dressed. There's a lot of intent here. I just try and keep it simple. I could be better about how mm-hmm. I get dressed, but... I, 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 I don't know if you do, but just based on your outfit, I subscribe to the idea of... I'd say 90, 95% of my shirts are just, like, plain shirts. And I just have pants, and I just, like, try to color organize, and I have different shoes, and et cetera. Well, I think a good rule is just have s- simple and nice things. Keep it simple. Yeah. That, that is 100% an idea that I like to subscribe to. Of course, I'm not saying don't go crazy. Do, I definitely... Do, do your thing, but you and I are on the boat of, like, if you keep it simple, and then... Like, I decided to wear this shirt today. I haven't worn this shirt in years, but I was just like, I'm going to wear this. I like to, I like to kind of dress up when I do this show because it makes me feel Well, yeah, no, and you have a good fashion sense, too. I mean, you have a very simple baseline. Wearing a brown belt with brown shoes. <laughs> there's, in, there's, there's intent here to, uh, to, to look nice, and that is uh, very important. I'm also big on lighting. I feel like lighting is very important. Oh, absolutely. Lighting, like, lighting is something that actually does make me nauseous if I go in somewhere where... It's bad? It's bad. Like if I just had that light on the whole time? Were you, uh, were no, you would probably be fine with that, but I'll go into some like spaces and... Oh, it's like some fluorescent lighting. Mm-hmm. Some some of it can is like forgivable, but depending on what it's doing, but... This this is a light I can't forgive. This is This mm-hmm. is bordering on fluorescent. If it was just this... Were you, so you weren't going nuts with just the Christmas lights on. I thought that set a nice little mood. Oh, no. I I love Christmas lights. It's just enough. It feels like it's sunset. 
Just just to, just to bring us back. Nice. Like a little bit of rain outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, lighting, it's funny, like, clothing and furniture to an extent, like, I say it makes me nauseous, but, like, I actually, like, lighting is something... I, I jumped all over that with my examples. Do you have some examples you'd like to share of things that made you nauseous? I have definitely <laughs> walked into a room and it's, or, like, a space, it's, maybe it's a store or something that's, like, not well put together. Or my living room. Or... Wish I could have a specific example. Mm-hmm. I would say honestly, my living room is is totally the colors are all wrong, and the the space is decently utilized. Mm-hmm. So if you walk out there and you tell me that this makes you nauseous, I say I agree. But that piece is nice. the The TV stand I have mm-hmm. is the only and and the coffee table are the only things I like in that room. But it, but the, everything else is free, and I just haven't had the time to buy my own things. I haven't been settled anywhere long enough to like own furniture. Like, I have, I have, I think, I have the desire for aesthetics. I don't have the talent to put them all together, but I know that if I had a living room to furnish, that I would, uh, I would do it right. Well, if you're curious, and we can talk about this later off mic, but I know some places that have affordable, nice looking stuff. We will definitely have to talk about that when we're doing guitar lessons. Yes. (laughs) Um... Well, I think we got to pretty much everything. We talked a lot about your family, relationships, and what you do. Um, remind me to take... I like to take a picture to tweet out when I when the episode goes live, so I, I, always, I always forget. I forgot. I totally forgot once. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to that you were maybe hoping to talk about? or? Jeez, um, I don't know. I feel like we talked about... This was, this was a great episode. Awesome. Um... Let me just think of it. You're going to have to edit out some dead air. I edit nothing out, but I encourage silence. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Did did you have any expectations coming on the show? Because I I just asked you out of nowhere, and I think I gave you a quick 30 seconds of, like, this is what it is. Oh, yeah, you started recording the moment we walked in. Oh, I, I, I should have been recording sooner. I usually record once I hear the door knock. Record, then I answer the door, and then I oh, enter, nice. cuss it. But I just was like, I was near the door, and I didn't even think. Um, man, I feel like we talked about everything. I actually, so, there might not be time for this. There's time. Um, I actually brought some art supplies. You brought art supplies? Yeah, if you were interested in doing anything. Yeah, what, what, what do you have in mind? Well, um, I know we're past the two-hour mark. No, we are five minutes from it, and it doesn't have to be a hard two hours. Okay. Most episodes are two and a half, but... Well, let's... We can do this without spending too much time on it. No, please. So I have this piece of paper. Okay. And we can kind of just talk as we do this. This might be nice, too, because then you'll have a... Maybe a little picture. Something else to tweet out? Hey everyone, um, kind of a weird outro for uh, this episode, but Dashiell was extremely kind and thoughtful and brought a collage for us to do. Um, we had a lot of fun doing that, but it didn't really make for a good listening experience, so uh, Jake and I decided to just, you know, just cut it. Um... 
but you can see the uh, completed collage um, on our social media um, because I, in true fashion, forgot to take a picture like I always do. So I will be tweeting and posting on Instagram at uh, producerscast for both a picture of the collage. And yeah, thank you so much, Dashiell, for bringing uh, that. It was very thoughtful, very kind, and honestly, a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah, so... Without further ado, Tom, fade me out and bring in that funky beat.